Listener Production. Are you drinking a beer? Mm-hmm. I want wine. Hey. <laughs> I'm only allowed wine. I couldn't drive home. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay, ready? Okay, Jacob. Do the thing you do. <laughs> do it. Hello and welcome to Just The Gist, a weekly-ish podcast with Rosie Waterland and me, (laughs) Jacob Stanley, where we bring you just the gist of what you need to know, usually about a topic that Rosie's finding particularly interesting at the moment. However, we're giving it a little bit of a twist this week, I understand. We're doing a little twist this week. This week we're going to focus on breaking news, breaking news, because as you can tell, I've lost my voice a bit because um, I've just come off a week of shows of my new uh, stand-up show, Kid Chameleons, I was in Canberra and then I was in Adelaide and now my voice is a bit hinky. So uh, I thought we'd just do some breaking news and just have a bit of a chat. Sounds good. Well, first so off. So basically I'm saying um, <laughs> I was too tired to prepare anything <laughs> and so we're just going to wing it. Um, and I'm really sorry. But to make it up to you, we're going to do two next week. So you'll get two apps next week. But this week we're just going to have some fun little chats about some fun little things. Terrific. Okay, yes. Well. Of breaking news. <laughs> X-ray, X-ray. Uh, it's coming hot down the wire. X-ray news service. We're talking words. My voice is doing some crazy stuff. So obviously first, Jacob, this week, what we really need to talk about is... Um, Hashtag toilet paper gate. Hashtag toilet paper frenzy. Hashtag toilet paper mass hysteria. Hashtag uh-huh. Australians are idiots. Hashtag etc. <laughs> because people have gone nuts over toilet paper because of corona. Why? Uh, because they think <laughs> that they're not going to be able to leave their homes, I'm assuming. And then once people found out that other people were starting to hoard supplies, then they realised that they'd better get in quick, otherwise they were going to miss out. And, of course, it's getting more and more and more media coverage. It's just snowballing. And my question is, what are they trying to distract us from? <laughs> oh, I didn't even mm. think of that. What do you mean? Why? What do you think they're trying to distract us oh, from? Oh, that's my take on the whole coronavirus and not to be disrespectful to anyone who has been affected by it, but the fact that it's getting so much media coverage yeah. and my prediction is that we'll look back on this and it'll be just like another SARS or bird flu or swine flu that was nowhere near as devastating as the doomsayers were expecting it to be. But at the moment, it's getting so much media coverage at the time. Um, and that I'm curious to know, but have no actual theories as to what they're trying to distract us all from. What? Well, I if thought the we main... were going to have a funny conversation <laughs> about toilet paper and now I'm so confused. <laughs> what happened during SARS that they were distracting us from to give you this theory? Oh, well, we still don't know, do we? Because we're Jacob, all too distracted by Jacob SARS. William Stanley, <laughs> stop it right now. Nothing happened. <laughs> like what? What do you like? What? I genuinely don't know, but I just think it's really suspicious that there's so much attention being paid to this outbreak that so far hasn't been anywhere near as catastrophic. Oh. Can I? My What's face your take right on now, it then? My take on it is you've been in Byron for the last week <laughs> and you've gone a bit cuckoo's uh. I feel like you're going to start denying vaccinations. 
not drinking tap water because there's fluoride in it, all your teeth are going to fall out. You have gone round the Byron Bend, my friend. <laughs> what are they trying to distract us from because of Corona, please? <sighs> okay, fair call. So I will say I got back from Adelaide yesterday and like a normal person... I went to the shops because I needed just a regular amount of toilet paper. And if you go to my Instagram right now, you'll see the video that these shelves were completely bare, Mm. completely bare, zero toilet paper. And also there was no pasta, there was no rice, there was no frozen meals. Mm. And like this is in, you know, just an inner West Sydney, Marrickville match. I thought people were smarter than that. Mm-hmm. It was around 6.30. There was just a bunch of us walking around taking photos of empty shelves laughing because we couldn't believe it. <laughs> I have heard that they've imposed limits on how much toilet paper and hand sanitizer you can purchase in one transaction, but they don't actually have any toilet paper or hand sanitizer. But that's like at Christmas it was at Parramatta where um, Westfield Parramatta did the dumbest promotion where they said at midnight tonight to get to encourage people to shop at Westfield at midnight they dropped um like 500 balloons from the ceiling that were all going to have a prize in them like a um, voucher or something yeah and so this was like stampede central at Parramatta Westfield Mm. like people got crushed there was a Santa there who literally just got thrown about three feet in the air and like somersaulted off a thing like people went crazy (laughs) and the vouchers weren't even good it was like Buy two, like, muffin break coffees and get half a milk for free. Like, they were so bad. <laughs> and people literally stampeded through Westfield to get them. People are nuts. Like, this is mass hysteria toilet paper situation. <laughs> and I wonder how long it's going to last for. Well, I don't know. I mean, Rhiannon, my sister, messaged me yesterday and said, um, seriously, guys, like, I went to the shops and I need nappies. Like, she has... a th- toddler and two one-year-old twins and she's like I've got about two days worth of nappies but after that I'm not going to have any so now I'm freaking out and I was like this is how it starts because now Rhiannon's like well I better get heaps of nappies because there's no nappies and then that's and then it snowballs from there Mm -hmm. like they were interviewing people on the news and some people were just like well everyone else was doing it so I did it that's kind of what they were all saying yeah um I hear Nutella's running out as well because people are stockpiling that because it's made in Italy and <laughs> Italy's also, had the big outbreak. Oh, I also heard, and this reminded me of you, apparently booze is running out, so <laughs> be oh. careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so odd to me that people think if I have to self-isolate for two weeks, mm. I will need 600 rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> a never-ending <laughs> supply of beer, rice, pasta and Nutella. Like, Why? What do you think you're going to need in two weeks that mm. you can't get? Yeah. Well, I guess they're expecting it'll take longer than two weeks. These people are probably expecting something a bit more apocalyptic. I think people are into the idea of the drama. I think mm. people are craving like a Walking Dead, Contagion, Outbreak, Dustin Hoffman situation. Mm-hmm. Like people love that stuff. So oh, yeah. I think that's why it's gone a bit nuts because people want it to be a bit nuts. Mm. So, anyway, I bought all these ingredients yesterday to make a really yummy pasta and all the fresh stuff is at the front of the supermarket and then I got to the pasta aisle and there was none. 
and I was telling my mum and she said, well, Rosie, you probably don't need the carbs, so just make the sauce with what you bought. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mum. Solid advice, mum of Lisa. <laughs> Always supportive. They're going to end up being some very, very embarrassed people with far too much toilet paper and out-of-date rice and pasta in the near Good. future. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, I actually do need toilet paper. I've got like one and a half rolls at my house. I'm kind of freaking out. But. Mm. Well, a bit more broadly, I'm curious to know, do you actually think that the coronavirus is going to continue to build momentum or do you think it's going to fizzle out? No, of course I think it will, but I just don't think it's that bad, is it? Isn't it just going to be like the flu? Well, there's like the Spanish flu that killed millions of people. But I don't think that's what it is. In the 1900s. Isn't it just the symptoms are just flu-like and it's only sort of vulnerable people who are already immunocompromised, mm. oh, shit, that's me, um, <laughs> who will possibly die. I don't know, oh, we shouldn't laugh, it's not funny, but, like, for real, I don't... Isn't the consensus is that it's already... It's, it's past the point of containment. It's out there. It's spreading. And, like, a lot of people are going to get it, but for most people it's just going to be like having a cold. Mm. There are a couple of people on the project last night who had um, been quarantined... Um, because they had it, they'd been on a cruise and they were fully expecting, you know, to get cleared and to get sent home. But um, they both got tested and got told they had it and neither of them had any symptoms. They had no idea. They were like, oh, shit, we have it. (laughs) So I I think for a lot of people it won't even be noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a real storm in a teacup. Well, not according to you five minutes ago, Mr. What is the government hiding? There's an alien autopsy in the middle of Alice Springs and that's what they're keeping from us. (laughs) Well, that's the storm. Like, they're making a storm out of what essentially is nothing. We're going to look back and realise, okay, that was just such a tiny little blip. Mm -hmm. Um, But it got all this coverage at the time. And who knows what's going on in the shadows that we're not paying attention to because you were shaking. I thought you'd be on board with a conspiracy theory like that as well. I just don't. Well, I mean, yeah, I like the idea of it. I find that quite, you know, but I just don't think that's... I think you've been in Byron too long. I think it's time to come home. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Um, You skipped right over talking about Canberra and Adelaide and how your show went. It went really well and lots of people came, which is good because I was freaking out. Um, But, yeah, it was sold out most nights and I got um, a four-star review from Adelaide Fest Mag and I got a five-star review from the Adelaide Advertiser and I got a bunch of other good reviews. You were there for a few shows. You had lots of fun. I I had a blast. Yeah, I think it went really, really well. So I'm psyched now for Brisbane. And there was um, my – there were lots of um, fans came and – um, lots of fans wanted uh, your autograph and wanted you <laughs> to be in photos and stuff, which I think you kind of loved. It was fun and it was very sweet. It was very surprising when people asked me to sign their things. I was like, are you sure you yeah. want me to deface this? All right, sure. Okay. I want to do a special shout out to this girl who I love. I forget her name, but she's my favourite fan. So I was in Adelaide a while ago. Um, at the, and I was at the Cellar Door Festival, like this wine festival. Mm. And she was a bit pissed because everyone's a bit pissed at the wine festival. And as she was walking past me, she just pointed and went, podcasts. <laughs> and I went, yes. And then we like talked for a bit and we got a photo. And then um, after one of my shows in Adelaide, she came up to me. She goes, do you remember me? And I pointed at her and I went, 
podcast. And she was like, yes. Last time I saw you, I was so shit-faced. I was like, I could tell. And um, she'd come to the show. And so I forget her name, but God, it's just the funniest um, fan interaction I've ever had. Just having a drunk person point directly in your face and go, Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely bummed I didn't meet her. Oh my god, she was amazing. She was so funny. But there was a lot of really great people who um, came and were all massive, just the GIST fans, which has made me think we've really got to um, hook up some live shows, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do some live little JTGs. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. I think definitely kicking off with that um, live scre- screening of Cats that we keep talking about. Yes. Neither of us have watched it yet because no. we're saving it in case we do. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get that on the books. Um, and speaking of Adelaide, mm. you've been posting some pictures of yourself with an uh, interesting young chap. I am dating an interesting young chap. Mm? Would you care to elaborate <laughs> on said chap? Uh, all right, here is just the gist. <laughs> I'm dating a very handsome young man called Caleb who is a conservative <laughs> Sky News commentator and uh, News Corp columnist and uh, we could not be more politically or ideologically opposed, but for whatever reason, opposites have attracted in this weird way and no one is more surprised that we have fallen for each other than we are. So (laughs) that's who I'm dating and that's what's happening. Well, congratulations. I'm very, very happy to see how um, adorably enamoured of each Ah. other you both are. Um, Uh, Yes. really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, at least now it's out there on the public record. Well, yeah, we kind of like, we kept it quiet for a while because we've been dating for a few months now. And um, I don't know, we just sort of thought, well, we, people are going to be really confused by it. Mm-hmm. And I think they were when we posted it. People were like, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's not just the political and ideological stuff. Like, we're also just very... You know, I'm all like, and he's like, hmm. Like, we're just very different. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> you are. You're very different. You also live in different cities. Yes. And so there's the distance to take into consideration. There's also a bit of an age gap, but we you've been able to, to overlook <laughs> all of those factors. I'm not going to mention any numbers. Don't worry. Um, hey, look, when men do it, it's creepy. When women do it, it's empowering. Okay? So... <laughs> I'm like hashtag getting young dick for feminism. <laughs> I'm a warrior. <laughs> I'm a feminist warrior. Yes, he's a little younger than me, but he's also like people call him the young fogey because he's like a 60-year-old in like a young person's body. Mm-hmm. He's, he's um, like I an old man vouch for that, having mm. spent a couple of evenings with him um, and seen the <laughs> sorts of drinks that he orders. <laughs> he actually, one of his favourite drinks to order is an old-fashioned. Yes. <laughs> he just, he'll order an old-fashioned, a martini. Yeah. All those, you know. Drink so anyway. Wearing his little pocket square. I'm like, Kardashians, and he's like, hmm, stamp duty. And that's, <laughs> and then we, I don't know why, but we like each other a lot. So <laughs> there right. you go. Well, I'm sure everyone listening wishes you luck. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's lovely. Ooh, okay, we'll move on. <laughs> I makes me feel weird. So, you know, the show we did on Titanic. Yes. I've oh, been yes. I'm dying to tell you this. I've been saving it. 
Okay, so everybody loved it. It was one of our most popular episodes. Mm. And we got sent in an email from this woman. Her great, wait, great, great grandfather was on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And not just like, oh, yeah, he was on it and that's it. Like, she has a specific nutso story. Do you want me to read it to you right now? Please, yes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Hi, Rosie and Jacob. I was just listening to your Just the Gist of the Titanic. I have a story I thought Rosie might be interested to know. I'm the great, great granddaughter of Titanic survivor Alfred White. He survived by climbing the fourth fake funnel and witnessed from a bird's eye view the ship breaking in half before it hit the water. We know this from a letter of condolence he wrote to the family of one of his colleagues shortly after the event. His account of the ship breaking was dismissed until the discovery of the shipwreck. Wow. He survived by getting to a boat which the passengers were washed out of as the ship sank. So, you know, one of those last two that had tipped over. And my great-grandfather was uh, born in 1913, so that's his son, Mm -hmm. to he and his wife Florence, and he returned to sea working on ships till his death. We have an amazing family portrait of Alfred, his wife, and their children a few years later. Thanks for your entertaining and informative episodes, Olivia. What? How cool (laughs) is that? (laughs) That's incredible. I know. Wow. Literally, like, didn't even, not even like, yeah, he was on it and then he just got on a boat and got off. He climbed not only any funnel, the fake funnel. The fake one, yes, the fact he's... Was up there, saw the ship break in half, somehow got onto one of the tipped-over lifeboats that a lot of people tried to get onto those and died. Mm. So he was essentially one of the people pulled from the water, like, on that thing. Nuts. Then he was willing to go and work on boats again in the future. I know, and (laughs) he was one of the people telling everyone that it broke and they were like, you're crazy, no, it didn't. Mm. And then when they found it, it's like, suckers, told you. Wow. Nuts, right? Did she send you the picture? No, Olivia, send us the picture. Please do, and then you can post it. No one can see it. We'll put it on. This is a great time to mention that there is a Just the Gist Instagram. (gasps) So, um, <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I, f- I made it and I forgot about it. <laughs> so, it's at Just the Gist Podcast. And when we started this Instagram, I went and looked for Just the Gist, but it was already taken. So, then I just uh, took Just the Gist Podcast and I was mm. like, oh, just to make sure we've locked it down and I'll think about that later. And then I went and looked at it the other day and it has like 150 followers. So I guess you guys have been like waiting for, for me to post stuff and I haven't. So, Olivia, send us that picture and everyone go and follow Just The Gist Podcast on Instagram and we'll post it. And we'll just post lots of other fun stuff too. Thanks, Olivia. I can post a photo of Jacob right now drinking a beer in the studio at uh, before 1pm on a Thursday. Hey, fun employment has to have its perks, all right? That's true. How is your fun employment going? Yeah, good. The days go by surprisingly quickly. Mm. I really thought I'd have like long drawn out days of intense boredom. No, not at all. Mm. Oh, no, it's very (laughs) easy to fill your days when you're doing nothing. Mm, Yes, Mm. yeah. Okay, so something else I wanted to talk about was the um, American Democratic presidential thingy. 
Mm-hmm. So they're trying to pick their person. What? <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Here's what I understand. So the US has a different system to us. So we just vote for a party mm-hmm. and here in Australia and then whoever is the leader of that party um, that wins becomes the prime minister. So people either vote, like just to keep it simple, Liberal or Labour, and then if Labour wins, then whoever's leader of the Labour Party becomes our Prime Minister. And that's why we have that problem where they keep uh, kicking each other out because mm. they vote for who their leader is. So we could vote in the Labour Party with Julia Gillard as the boss, mm. but then, like, personally in their little party, they don't like Julia Gillard, so then they piss her off and put someone else in regardless of what we want as voters, yes? right? right? Yep. Yep. In America, though, they vote... I mean, technically for people. So Mm -hmm. it's very different. Like they have what is now, what is it called? Like the, I think it's called the primaries or whatever, where before they even vote for a president, they vote for who they want to lead the party to go into the running to be president. Right. So at the moment, there's a bunch of people all vying to become leader of the Democratic Party so then they can run against Trump in the next election. Right, okay. So it's it's very weird. So it's kind of like if a few years ago, before we voted for Prime Minister, you had, like, Julia Gillard, Kevin Rudd, um, Anthony Albanese, Penny Wong all campaigning together and we had to vote for which one of them we wanted to be the boss Mm. and then whoever won that would then again go and campaign to try and win. So it's this bizarre, drawn-out, complicated process. Mm. And uh, it feels like it would just be a big expense in time and energy and and money. it, It also is often quite toxic because in the race to become the Democratic leader or if it's the Republicans to become the Republic leader, they tear each other apart. Yeah. And then when one of them wins and they have to go and then try and win as a party, mm. it's like, well, a week ago you were saying I was a piece of shit, <laughs> but now I've won. Now we've got to pretend that you never said all those terrible things because we're hoping we'll win for the presidency. It's such a bizarre system. It really is. You've got to campaign for yourself against your allies and yeah. then find a way to try to rally with your allies to actually if, what, campaign win, against yes. your opponent. And is Trump And just- also voting isn't compulsory there. So another huge part of the battle for them is just getting people to vote at all, mm. which is nuts. Like yeah. if if voting was compulsory, they wouldn't spend huge amounts of time campaigning just to get people to vote. Mm. They could just concentrate on, okay, we know you're going to vote, mm-hmm. so let's try and concentrate on how you're going to vote. Mm-hmm. But so much of their time is spent on oh, let's just try and get you to vote at all. Mm -hmm. Which a problem is now because, okay, so it's come down to we've got Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are the three major ones left. Mm -hmm. And um, people are are so, like, feverishly behind the candidate that they like that they are saying that if their candidate doesn't win in the Democratic primary, then they will refuse to vote against Trump in the election. Oh, Yeah, people are saying, I love Bernie Sanders so much that if Elizabeth Warren wins, then I'm just not going to bother voting Mm. in the presidential election. (laughs) Like, it's so stupid. 
Uh, I and, know. And so, do you know where we're at? With well, that? okay. What? Basically, uh, there was a billionaire called Mike Bloomberg who's just pulled out. There was um, the first openly gay married man, Pete Buttigieg. He pulled out. Uh, it's come down to now Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, but Elizabeth Warren is looking like she's hanging on by a thread. So it's going to come down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. And the huge difference between the two of them is people say that Trump is so crazy, far right, ridiculous, and they say that Bernie Sanders is kind of like his equivalent on the left. Like Mm. he's like the ultimate socialist. He wants Medicare for all. He wants to like make university free. He wants to uh, legalise marijuana everywhere and get rid of small-time drug convictions. He wants to do like quite socialist democratic stuff, Mm. whereas Joe Biden is more moderate. Mm -hmm. And so people are saying if we put up a super-duper left person like Bernie Sanders against Donald Trump, people will be a bit too scared of him and they won't want to vote for him, whereas Joe Biden's like a bit more middle of the roads. Mm. So it kind of depends where you fall on that um, opinion. Like if you think we need someone super hardcore to go against Trump or you think we need someone who seems kind of eh to go against Trump Mm -hmm. because they're not scary. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys reckon? That's like a solid description? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, FIFA you're nodding? Is. Yes, okay, good, yes. <laughs> so that people are kind of devo that Elizabeth Warren's going to um, pucker out, but it's looking like she is now um, because a lot of people wanted her as, uh, you know, a woman. And um, she's mm. also um, very um, vocal about her stance against, like, billionaires and going after corrupt uh like bankers and money people and whereas Joe Biden doesn't really do that because mm-hmm. I think he likes having lots of money. But, yeah, so that's kind of where it's at. Um, Joe Biden, I've heard that name before and I've well, heard he Bernie was, Sanders he before. He was Obama's uh, vice president. Right, okay. Mm. That's probably going to work in his favour. Yes, but he's also, like, people say, like, oh, he's just another old white corporate man. Mm. And people love Bernie because he's, like, so progressive. Mm. How old is he, though? Because I have he's seen pictures of old, him. He's old. And mm. he had a heart attack recently. Okay. <laughs> so I think he's hanging on because he wants to be president real bad. Um, yeah. So that's another thing that they say people are kind of mildly concerned about. Yeah. But Joe Biden's old, too. They're all old. I think Joe Biden's in his 70s and he's the youngest in the race. Well, Trump's in his 70s, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Trump's like, yeah. what is he, like 76 or something? And is anyone going up against him from the Republicans? Uh, no, he's the assumed incumbent okay. because he's just unbeatable. And what happened with his impeachment? Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing with impeachments. Um, and I do want to co- cover the Clinton impeachment at one point, so we'll get into more detail about how they work. Mm. But basically, um, you get impeached, which means you go to trial um, and the trial is uh, run by the Senate. Mm. And one part of the government votes to impeach you, and they did. Mm. And then the Senate does the impeachment trial. Mm. And they vote on whether or not to kick him out of office based on the results of that impeachment trial. Mm -hmm. But because the Republicans have control of the Senate, is my understanding, the numbers were just always in his favour, so it was never going to do anything anyway. Mm. I mean, there was... It was pretty blatantly shit, like... 
there were moments where um, the Senate voted like not to let certain witnesses take the stand mm. because like they were going to be devastating for his case. And so the Senate was like, well, we'll just vote that you can't have them then. Mm-hmm. It was a very bizarre situation. So in the end, nothing really happened. I mean, yes, he got impeached, but that doesn't mean you lose your presidency. Right. Yeah. So it just went away pretty quickly. Yes, basically. And everyone just went on to focusing about coronavirus and toilet paper. <gasps> Maybe you're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, nothing really happened. And to be honest, I think he's going to win again in, tw- in this... Oh, it's this year, in 2020. Yes, he's, oh. I think he'll win again. But there are some uh. people who say this is a conspiracy <laughs> that he has, like, crazy dementia and that he's just going to lose it soon <laughs> and that he may not want to run again or they're trying to figure out how to not let him run again. But it sort of depends what you look at. There's this Twitter account. I forget what it is. Um, if you just Google, like, Trump dementia Twitter, it'll come up. And it's this guy who just collates and collects all the footage of him fumbling over his words and, and like saying weird stuff and maybe like his hands shaking or his head kind of twitching a bit. And when you put it all together like that, you're like, oh, my God, he's effed. He's going crazy. He seems like a nutter. But then when you see other speeches where he seems perfectly fine, so, but there are people who are 100% convinced that he is like falling deeper and deeper into the depths of some kind of serious dementia and um, we need to get him out of there. For the safety of us all. <laughs> no kidding. Um, I think, to be honest, he's just a dick, mm-hmm. and he's just doesn't act in the presidential way that people expect. And you know, people thought that um, it was always going to be important to feel like the person you have in office is respectful and um, what's the word? Dignified. But what has really <laughs> surprised people is that that's what people love about him is that he's the opposite of those things. Mm. They love that he's gross and just gets up and says ridiculous things and makes fun of people and 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 treats every time he stands at a lectern like he's doing, you know, some kind of B-grade comedy roast. Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. People love it. It's like they respect him more for it because they're like, he doesn't care what anyone thinks. He's saying what we're all thinking. Yeah, exactly. I do not see the appeal at all. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, look, it would be great news if um, he did not win um, for many will. reasons. I think okay. he will. All right. I don't think it matters who the Democrats pick to run against him. I think he'll win. Mm. Yeah. So... This is a little mini episode, but to end today, I do really want to talk about a major thing that happened while we were in Adelaide, Mm. and it happened where I live, Mm. and I wasn't here for it, the baboons. (laughs) The baboons who escaped. Now, this is a conspiracy, my friend. You know about the baboons. Only what you told me, and you said you wouldn't tell me anymore until we were in the studio. Yes, okay. So, while we were in Adelaide, some baboons just went on the run down King Street in Newtown, like just took off because they had been in some kind of like (laughs) experimental lab or whatever. 
and the male baboon um, had been part of a breeding program that he was now retiring from. So they were taking him to get a vasectomy and so that he would be relaxed, they let him bring his two girlfriends Mm -hmm. with him. So there's three baboons in this van and at some point from the lab to RPA, the hospital, like where he was going to get his vasectomy, Mm -hmm. they got out of the van and they went on the run. (laughs) He was keeping his junk intact. Thank you very much. And it was literally one of the most just delightful couple of hours on Twitter where everyone was just like, there are baboons on the loose in Newtown. Um, And, of course, then there were people who were like, oh, but animal experiments, Mm. ruining the fun. But it's also true, like... Apparently, they do some pretty horrific things to them in that lab. So mm. the fact that they escaped. But people were saying, it's not funny. We shouldn't be joking about it. And I was like, I don't think we're joking about it. I think everybody genuinely was like, yes, run, baboons, run. <laughs> like, get away. Go and live a beautiful life in Sydney Park forever. <laughs> like, I think people were behind them escaping. I was, but then they caught them. Oh, what did they get up to in the few hours that they were free? Uh, just like gallivanted around, you know, Newtown. I don't know. Probably went to the Marley Bar. Probably, <laughs> who knows, walked in a climate march, signed up to the Greens. You know what Newtown's like. <laughs> Got a mullet haircut. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, great. Um, that is so, excellent. yeah, they, they just kind of gallivanted around. But apparently they're, like, quite freaking scary and dangerous and they could rip your face off. So well, yeah, that's what I yeah. wondered. Did they actually hurt anyone or damage any property or I don't fornicate? Think so. I don't think so. But it was just one of those exciting moments online where it was like, there's baboons in Newtown. And it was like, no, there's not. And then slowly over the next half an hour, everyone was like, yes, there effing is. And it was very exciting. And police had to come and like section off this area and they had to get animal control in. Just the purest day, the day the baboons escaped captivity. Oh, they made their break for freedom if only it had had a happier ending. And then we all went crazy and stockpiled toilet paper and that is literally <laughs> what 2020's energy is about right now that is what why is going on with us <laughs> i think i'm just gonna stay up here in byron bay thanks very much <laughs> oh, and you will die of a preventable disease <laughs> that you're not vaccinated against <laughs> good luck to you sir oh. okay i love you um sorry everyone that this is a mini so but you can already tell my voice is about to die just at the end of this but um we're going to do two next week for you and we're still going to do that adelaide focused one And there's also another good one next week. So they're coming. But we just didn't want to leave you hanging because we did last week. And that was my fault. That was my fault. (laughs) All these people were at the show on um, Tuesday night. (laughs) And afterwards they were like, yay, just the gist this week. And Jacob and I were like, we're recording tomorrow. Like, it's going to be amazing. It'll be such a good one. (laughs) And then the next day I was really tired and I was like, I don't think I can do it. And so then we promised all these people it was specifically coming. (laughs) And then (laughs) it didn't come. Um, But we're going to make it up to you. Two next week. They'll forgive us. You'll forgive They'll us. They'll forgive won't you? us. Yes. Yeah. So we just wanted to do this little one for you now, so we wouldn't keep you hanging. And uh, yeah, go to Just the Just Podcast on Instagram, and uh, go book tickets to Kid Chameleon, which is now a five star reviewed show. Ooh. 
And if you come across Jacob in Byron Bay, just pounce on him with a syringe with a vaccine in it and jab him as hard and often as you can. Okay. Uh, Love you, darling. Thanks, everyone. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Listener.